Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, Robert, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How was your day? Thanks for having me. Today's, uh, so far, it's been a pretty decent day. Got some dogs in the background making some noise, but other than that, uh, it's been a, it's pretty, a pretty chill day. Good. You know, at least at least it's your dogs and, and not mine. Mine, um, mine are bound and determined that um, they want to be included in everything. And, um, <laughs> you know, hey. And so it's got to be interesting because you do a live stream and so you have dogs. And, and that's the thing is um, I think when we watch a YouTube channel or we watch a live stream or we listen to a podcast, we, we expect this perfection. And um, there, there's almost this imaginary bar set and you know i did a video with someone recently and when i went back and looked at the footage when i was editing um there was i, I thought it was a, a raccoon or something i didn't know what it was it was a cat and um i thought why in the hell has he got a raccoon and um you know not that I, I you know i had one at one time but um it was just odd to see this and i didn't see it you know when we were recording but i saw it later and i thought you know it's awesome that it's there, and I left it. I didn't want to to take anything out of it. I wanted people to get the reality that this is easier said than done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, with my my live streams, um, you know, there's there's just going to be things that come up that you there's nothing you can do about it. You got dogs yelping in the background. You just kind of have to roll with it and, and push through it. Let's um. To, to give everybody an idea of who you are, for anybody that doesn't know, um, you have a, a podcast that is, it, you know, so you have the audio version that can be found on Apple, Spotify, um, you know, every platform that's available. You're there, you're present. You also have a, a video podcast. And so you, when I was thinking about sitting down with you, one of the things that popped into my head is, is when you go on YouTube and everybody that has a podcast all of a sudden wants to do a video podcast. And so the question is, should I, should I do video? Should I just do audio? Should I be on YouTube? Mm -hmm. And you've, um, you've kind of went beyond that a little bit. And so you have a podcast, you also are on, you have a video podcast on YouTube, but you're live streaming it. Why mm -hmm. is that important? Uh, really, I mean, you can kind of see me here in my, my solo studio space. Now I, I kind of just look at this space as my playground. Um, this is where I get to kind of bring all of my collection of gear and things together. I, I like to tinker with new gear and, um, and, you know, I actually have a, my, my history and content creation goes back to around 2009, where, when the first thing that I did was uh, start a podcast just out of college, I had just moved to Las Vegas, been here for about a year and I was getting interested in that space. And I just started a, a podcast recording on a kind of a crappy mic into, it was either into my phone or just some, some sort of little external recorder that I had. And at the time I was just doing audio. So I uh, did that for a while. And then, um, you know, over time my interest changed. 
I've got a pretty short attention span when it comes to, uh, you know, just creativity and those types of things. So I went from that to a little bit of web design. I did some photography, um, you know, got into video live streaming, and then it all just kind of has culminated into this. Um, and so I've, I guess I'm kind of at the point where I'm just sort of combining all of the things that I've learned over the years into uh, a live stream podcast now. That's interesting. I uh, And so when I went and looked at your channel, and so initially I thought you just had the one YouTube channel. You actually have two. And, and so mm -hmm. one one is, I think um, when I looked earlier, you had 90 subscribers on one and just over 1,200, I think, on the second. Or, or, or maybe that's the first. I don't know. It depends on which one you looked at because I, I've started and stopped, started and moved on from multiple YouTube channels over the years. But uh, the two are... The, the two that I, that I, you know, work on most now are the main podcast channel. And then I have a secondary channel, which is just kind of like a, a traditional YouTube channel where I upload a lot of uh, tutorial content around just kind of content creation and that type of stuff. Um, and, and then I have a technically a third channel, which is like a, a, a podcast clips channel, which I regret to say I have not done nearly enough with yet. So that's kind of on the bucket list for uh, 2021. Yeah, you know, the, the podcast clip thing seems to, and that's very popular in, in the, the YouTube search engine is, and so if you go and watch a video about, and so the, the you know, the, the, the thumbnail will say, should your, should your podcast be on YouTube? And the answer inevitably is always, sure. Um, yeah, it absolutely can be, but you should maybe do clips. And, and so here's the thing is, um, I wonder, and so you have you have a about an hour long, thirty minute to an hour long, audio podcast that that coincides with your video podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Do is there crossover? Do people that are listening to your audio necessarily subscribe to you on YouTube and vice versa? Do they do they go back and forth? It's it's kind of hard to say uh, on the audio side. The analytics are a little limited. Um, I do know that there are. I get some unique listeners, but as far as like those who subscribe, and again, they don't give you tons of information, but um, the audience on the audio side is is relatively small compared to that of the video. Um, and that's not just for me. I see this. Um, there's an, another podcast that I produce where, you know, we do do the full Joe Rogan um, style format where we've got the main channel and then we have the secondary clips channel. Um, and it's kind of the same thing there. You get you get a decent amount of audio listeners, but the bulk of them are going to be tuning in to watch what's going on on the video side. Right. I get that. I, um, and, and so when you, when you hear about, you know, cross platforming, um, I think the expectation that a lot of people have is that, well, if they subscribe here, they'll subscribe there and I'll just blow up. And I don't think that's the reality. You know, for me, the reality is, um, and so I have a really small, very sad, YouTube and it, it consists of clips and um, the people that, that watch videos um, I think there are very specific demographics of people there are individuals who, who want to watch a, a 5 10 15 minute video a 30 minute video whatever and then there are those individuals who who will go and listen to an hour of me drone on and, and talk to somebody and yeah. um, and I don't know that they're necessarily you know that they're they're going to always be or ever be really the same people. Um, mm -hmm. One of the one of the videos that you have is what is it? Ultimate Startup Guide, and um, it's interesting because I, I I briefly looked at that video <coughs> the other day. I've watched a lot of your videos. I'm actually a subscriber. No, thank and, you. Um, yeah, and. Um, <laughs> 
I looked at that and comparing that to what you said earlier when we were when we first started talking, um, you, when you when you first started your podcast, you know, you're you're sitting there with your phone. And, um, and and so you're using very rudimentary, you know, equipment to start. And, and so but then you have this this ultimate YouTubers setup, which is a little financially advanced. So yeah. so obviously you absolutely can start bare bones with your phone or, or just some little cheap mic, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you also have. And, and so do you think it do you think it makes sense to spend a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars when you first start? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends. It depends on a lot of different things. You know, what's your financial situation? What are your end goals? Um, you know, if you're going to if you're going to try to start a podcast or a channel of some kind that's going to be based around here's how to m- make the best looking podcast studio or, or to, you know, here's how to the best way to color grade your footage, that type of thing. If it's based around that type of stuff, then it may be in your best interest to invest a little bit more into some better equipment because you know i know if it's me and i'm watching a video a a poorly constructed or poorly made video poorly produced video about ways to make better video then uh, (laughs) i might be turned off a little bit um but but you know i mean these days with with the equipment that everyone has at their disposal like the, the 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 cameras that you're getting on these smartphones nowadays are becoming more and more advanced and looking more and more like some of this higher end equipment so you know with with some creative lighting um you could achieve some really good results without having to go deep into your pockets i agree and so i have noticed that's one of the things i noticed and so again i'm a subscriber and i have gone and viewed several of your videos um i actually found you and it's funny that you mentioned you know studio setup and podcast studio setup that's how i found you and so mm-hmm. I am in the process of it, and it is going to be a slow process. You know, finances are, are always a concern when doing something like this. And so I'm in the process of, of redoing the studio, which, you know, let's be honest, it's a spare bedroom. And so I'm in the process of doing that. And I wanted to go out and get ideas and I wanted to see what other people were doing. And I found yours and I was like, well, this is really pretty cool. And, and your thumbnail was excellent. And then I saw your video was excellent. Your audio was excellent. And I was like, hey, he's using some of the equipment that I use. And, and so I would love to talk to this guy. And what I noticed is, and so one of your videos, um, you were, I think it was your, your overhead camera, which is up above you. And so maybe it was maybe your overhead camera or back camera, something like that was a GoPro Hero 7. And, okay. Yeah. Right. And then you mm-hmm. went to you went to the Sony, and I think you just posted somewhere that you're getting rid of the Sony. You're going to upgrade that, but then you're using the the A six the the Sony A sixty five hundred, and so there's been this transition over time of you you upgrading, and mm-hmm. you, and so you didn't start out with the best of the best. Um, what do you? And so you're getting rid of the 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 Sony that's above your head. What do you what are you replacing that with? So. I, I have, I actually put it, mounted it back here. I don't have it hooked up at the moment. Um, but because, so I've shifted a few things around. So initially this camera was my, my main camera was my Sony a 6,500. Um, this, the Sony camera that's there now behind me used to be here as just kind of a top down angle or just like a front angle. And then I had my GoPro back there. Well, I started getting into FPV drone flying. So the GoPro 
got shifted over to that because I needed a, a GoPro for my, my drone. Um, and the reason that I wanted to get rid of the RX 100, the little point and shoot that I had, it's a great camera. Uh, it's just that, um, for my purposes being in here and doing these long live streams over time, it, it tends to overheat pretty quickly. So I'm kind of in the process now of determining whether or not I want to just keep it and leave it and kind of use it to replace the GoPro shot. And then, um, I ordered a, a Sony ZV one, which is another, um, right. compact. Yeah. Another compact Sony camera. It's, it's a little bit newer. It doesn't have as many overheating issues. It's got a side flip out screen, which will be handy, you know, for framing up here. So yeah, that's what I'm getting. And, uh, that should come in, I think Tuesday of next week. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, that, that is exciting. It's interesting to me, you know, of the upgrades that you did, I, I think the one that has the potential to really, really interest people is your microphone. And so you started mm -hmm. out with the Audio-Technica AT2035, was that right? Was that right? Yep, AT2035. What's the difference in which one? Which one's better? Which one do you like the best? Uh, the AT2035 is still great. Like if anybody is in, in, in need of a, a good um, budget friendly uh, XLR mic, the AT2020 and the AT2035 are, go, are both good options. The Shure SM7B, um, you know, I've done my research over time. I've seen it. It, it's kind of it's kind of like the podcast mic that you see across the board you know again bring up joe rogan he uses it if you just see there's just a ton of people that use this mic um the big difference that i've noticed between the sure and the um at2035 is it just it just seems to give you a fuller sound it's a little bit um a little bit deeper uh, a little bit more on the low end um and the at2035 i felt a little bit hollow and almost a little bit too harsh even even when i was moderate with uh with some of the settings and some of the like the gain yeah i have not and so i i you know i'm like you i live in a in, you know and so i've got dogs and i've got a lot of there's a lot of activity and um i want to do a condenser i like the idea of um the brightness of the mic um that a condenser will give you i you know my sound my environment does not allow me to use a condenser um and i actually have um and so i just replaced here is my sm7b oh. and i actually am replacing it with believe it or not the rode pod mic um, really yeah and so the difference is is if you i don't know if you've listened to the podcast um and i'm not mm -hmm. putting you on front street but no i have you, i listened to a couple episodes for sure and so the thing is um i constantly get you know oh i love your voice you got a great voice it's really soothing whatever and you know initially i really liked it and, and i have absolutely no issue with the sm7b i think it is a phenomenal mic i've had zero problems with it my issue is for my voice. So I have that gravel graveliness at the very end back there and a little bit of mm. a little bit too much bass sometimes. It can be a little bass heavy for me. It can come out a little muddy. Yeah. Um, I probably could cure that with some EQ. I'm really not interested in doing that kind of work. I, I have yeah. enough to do. I have enough on my plate. And so when I initially bought the SM7B, you know, my intention was to buy this mic. It's a hundred dollar microphone. And I thought, you know, mm -hmm. if everybody else can get away with it, I can get away with it. And so it yeah. finally became available and, um, I bought it and I liked it so much that I thought, huh, maybe I'll replace the SM7B with it at least for a while, maybe not indefinitely. Um, it's interesting. Um, 
Have you found that, and so using one mic to another, and I'm not sure how many mics you've used, you, you hear that, um, and so I have the, 50, the SM57 and I have the big windscreen on it. And, and what I've been told, and I've heard it a million times, you can EQ it to sound like the SM7B. And so I didn't EQ mine, but I have used it on several of my podcasts and no one told, no one knew the difference. And so we know that, you know, when you, when you, when it, when your podcast is edited, gets its final compression to MP3, gets uploaded to Spotify, Apple, wherever it goes, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of the extra work you've done, it, it's, that's, that's for you. No one's going to yeah. know it. No one's going to hear the quality and the, and the effort that you put in. Yeah. Um, it sounded very comparable to my ear. I could definitely hear a little bit of tinniness. Have you have you EQ'd anything to sound like anything else, or have you done anything like that? You know, I, I'm not super well versed when it comes to microphones. I, I'm my experience with mics is is relatively limited. So, um, you know, I've used the AT2035. I've used this. Um, and really outside of that, because prior to this, I, it was more of a videographer and video creator. So, you know, I, I would use a lot of lav mics and shotgun mics. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a leader in the space by any, by any means, but, you know, as far as, um, EQ, um, so the, I have the, the Rodecaster pro audio board, which offers, uh, it doesn't offer, um, EQ, but you can, you have some compression, you can apply noise gate and, and some other things there. So I do a little bit of processing within, um, the roadcaster just to make sure that the audio that goes out on YouTube, uh, sounds pretty good. Um, and I can't remember if I applied any filters. So OBS is the live streaming software that I use open broadcaster software. Right. And, uh, you have the ability to apply EQ and other audio effects within there so that you know, before streaming it, it'll get some, get some processing and then, and then go wherever it's being streamed to. Um, I may have a filter or two applied there. It's just been so long since I've set that up. I'm not sure. Um, but as far as the audio only portion of the, the podcast, uh, once the, uh, the live stream is done, I'll take that audio and, and do a little bit of compression to it. I'll add a parametric equalizer. Um, I'm adding a hard limiter, um, little bit of uh, denoise, and maybe one other effect and that's that's it relatively minimal processing and i have a preset set up so that when i'm done recording just pop it in run it and it's good to go is is your is and so i haven't actually caught the live stream itself and mm -hmm. um when 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 is that when does that happen um typically sundays around uh noon between like noon and twelve thirty. it kind of depends on how the morning is going but uh usually around then awesome yeah i and so i always end up watching the video after the fact and um so now i know and so now i, I can be present i um and so how do you like the roadcaster the roadcaster is great but really my only well there's there's two beefs that i have with it one is it's big it takes up a lot of space <laughs> um and you know you were talking about your your studio is in a in a uh, just a spare bedroom mine if you could see the rest of the room here it's actually a workout room it's just this small section of the room is where i've decided to make my studio um so it takes up a lot of space the other thing is the the headphone preamps aren't aren't super great so yeah. i'll get some noise that come through the headphones that i don't that doesn't actually show up in in the uh, the audio rec audio recording but outside of that i mean for podcasters it's great you've got four inputs on the back that you can play with you can have up to four people headphone jacks for each person you can connect the phone via bluetooth it's got a little sound effects board um so it's it's very full featured a little pricey but but a, but a great board it is a little pricey it um 
I, and so I have it as well, and 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 I like it. It um, I definitely I think have pretty much the same issues with it that you do. Um, mm. I can't really think of anything additional. Um, I do, you know, I do wish it was a little less expensive. It's funny, I, um, you know, and so we were talking about the SM7B. That is one of the few pieces of equipment that I have zero issue with. I don't even have an issue with the price. Um, yeah. I, I'm so enamored with that microphone and, and it sucks because I think it's not for me. Um, you hear that the sound is subjective. And so if you go and you watch somebody um, who, who does microphone reviews and, and that's all they do, you know, podcasting, somebody like that, um, mm-hmm. they will absolutely tell you, you know, audio is subjective. It's, it's subjective to the, the speaker's ear. And yeah. um, I, I love the mic. I don't think it's perfect for me. And so the Rodecaster, you use that in Clubhouse. Um, what was that like? Tell me about, tell me about Clubhouse and the Rodecaster. Yeah, well, so it didn't exactly work out the way that I wanted to. It was very early in my clubhouse, you know, career, for lack of better words. But, uh, you know, the thought was I would start a clubhouse room and then just connect my my phone um, via Bluetooth to the board. And, you know, the the plan was to do a podcast just as I normally would. And if people pop into the room, um, invite them up on the stage, have them ask any questions about podcasting, setup, whatever, and be able to kind of do two at once, hold two conversations at one time, one on clubhouse and, and one, you know, live on YouTube. That, that was basically it. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. And so we, I've got a friend that, um, and so he has a podcast and we, we occasionally do collaborations. And, um, and so last night I've, I've had clubhouse for a while. I've never used it, man. Never once. Gone in, gone oh, around, and scurried away like a scared rat. And so he last week was like, "Hey, we're, I'm going to do Clubhouse, and, and you should join me." And and I felt I felt obligated because we do collaborations a lot. And sure. I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it." And and I had no idea. I didn't even know how to like bring somebody into the room. I didn't know how to do anything. And, and so he sets it up, and he was like, "Hey." come in and, and this is kind of what you do. And I'll, we'll introduce each other. Um, I'll set you off talking and I will go get people into the room. And so that's what he did. And, um, but I used the roadcaster and it didn't, it honestly it did, had not occurred to me that I could do that. Luckily I'd seen your video and I knew, and I, and, and I, and I knew, okay, well, I absolutely. Cause that's how I do a lot of my, my podcast interviews is I call these people on the phone and um, hope and pray that they have a decent um, a decent cell signal and, yeah. and stay close enough to the phone to pick up their audio. But that's absolutely what I do. And so I run it through the Roadcaster. Um, we do the interview. I hit record, and we are good to go. Um, and so, what did you what did you use? What audio interface did you use prior to the the Roadcaster? Yeah, before this, uh, it was a little Behringer, uh, I think it was their Euphoria line. Uh, it's like a UMC 202 or something like that. It was just a little, maybe a hundred bucks, a little two channel audio interface. And honestly, it worked fine. I had no issues with it. Um, just super simple, a couple knobs on the front. It didn't have all the bells and whistles that the, uh, the road had, but, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I have gas, you know, the gear acquisition syndrome. So as soon as I saw that the roadcaster came out and saw how I could apply it to what I'm doing, I, I just kind of went for it. But, uh, yeah, just, just a little, just a little audio interface, nothing, nothing flashy. 
Yeah, I um, and so this is actually my first. I I am brand new to this. Um, I considered initially I was going to go with an audience audio audience audio interface um, and a DBX two eighty six S. And um, I thought, you know, when this thing came out, I I I thought about it for a long, long time before I made the purchase. And that, that brings me to another question is, um, and so you do do a, a few reviews here and there. And so, and that's, what's really interesting about your channel is not only is it a, a podcast, it's a video podcast, it's a live stream podcast, mm-hmm. but I think what makes you successful and, and potentially I think you could grow so much is you're doing reviews while you're doing all of these things. And, and that. You know, and that's what a lot of people are looking at on on YouTube. And so when I started, I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to do anything at all. And so I came to YouTube, I learned, and I, I subscribed, and I followed people, and I pieced together, this is what I need to do. And um, it's interesting to me. So when you do a review, so, so for instance, the SM7B, you obviously didn't get it, take it out of the box, and immediately do a review. How long do you typically have a piece of equipment and use it before you're confident that, hey, I can do a review and say that this is a product that you should theoretically spend $400 on? That's a good question. Um, I guess it kind of depends on the equipment. In, in the case of the microphone, I mean, for me, it was pretty quickly apparent the difference. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I can take out the, the AT2035, plug in the Shure SM7B and hear the difference right away. Uh, for me, I, you know, I probably would have, I probably took half an hour to an hour to kind of go through the settings on the roadcaster play with the compression and do all that kind of stuff to make sure that i got it sounding the, the way that i liked it but you know I, I probably had it for maybe a week or so before i before i felt that uh felt confident enough to talk about it yeah i get that and, and you know that really wasn't a great question considering because you know i was the same way and so i i got the sm7b and the thing with the sm7b is if you even know the mic exists, it's because you already know it's kind of a staple. It's, you know, everybody has it. It's an amazing mic. It's not like the Blue Yeti, mm. you know, where people are, oh, it's amazing. And it sucks. Um, <laughs> it, um, it's an amazing mic. And so, you know, you can kind of take this thing out of the box, set it up, and, and you're good to go. Um, what other, what other, have you, have you ever, you have, let me, okay. So here's, here's my, here's my, um, Here's my history with all this whole thing. I have bought maybe two or three things that I was immediately, um, I immediately regretted. And I don't know if you can see, that's a little silver mic right there. I, I don't know. Okay. If I can, yeah, I, can, I think I can reach it. Yeah. And yeah, so okay. when, I, when I decided that I was going to start a podcast, this will let you know how little I knew. This is the mic I decided I was going to use. You see this? And it's a sure yeah. microphone. And, and, you know, it's great for video conferencing, I guess. I've never used it for that. I actually tried to, to record an episode on this. And, and this is, I've got to be honest with you, this is the worst mic I've ever used in my life. <laughs> it's not ideal for this. The, the SM7B, the Rodecaster, um, the, the Rode Pod mic, perfect for this. That, yeah. not so much. And, and that's how much I knew. And so I've made, that's a $100 purchase, and I'll go ahead and admit that. That's 100 bucks right there I wasted. And I keep- It looks it. nice on your shelf, though. It did. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's crap. Um, I keep it because, yeah, you know what? It, it looks nice, and I may as well have a $100 knickknack, but it's a reminder of, hey, slow down, take your time, 
Um, first of all, figure out, are you going to stick with this? Is this something that you're going to do? Second of all, um, know what you're buying. And so have you, have you, have you made any purchases in the past that you immediately regretted or regretted at some point? That's right. Look around. I'm I'm looking around fast. Yeah. Oh man. I, like I said, I, I, I take all the gear. So, um, that's a, that's a tough question. I know that there is, I just can't, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Although what I will say is there was a, um, there's been a couple of times where, you know, you get some of those, um, foreign companies that, that make, you know, I've, I've had a couple of companies that make microphone products, kind of like the cheap Chinese knockoff versions. Uh, and they reach out and be like, Hey, uh, we'll send you a unit if you want to review it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll give it a spot on the podcast if, if I like it. And, uh, I, both of, in both instances, it's happened twice in both instances, they were, uh, wireless lavalier mic systems. And, um, both of them were just awful. So while I didn't purchase them, uh, I can say that I wasn't, uh, I, I, I was probably a little miffed that I even wasted my time with any of them. Cause you know, one of them, I forget what the, the road version of it is, but it's, um, just uh, the road makes a real like little tiny little device that's a lav mic you can use it as a lapel or you can strap it to an actual lavalier microphone um and someone made a knockoff of that and sent that to me and it was just bad so i'm like oh great well i guess i just wasted wasted i didn't waste money but i wasted time so kind of in the same vein yeah time you know time is the one thing you can't get back and so Mm. you can absolutely get 50 bucks 100 bucks in my case you can get that back um (laughs) luckily I've, you know, finances have saved me from making some bad purchases. And so sometimes you have to save up for something. And, and the eventuality is, as you figure out, well, hey, I don't, I don't need this. I can, I can do this this way or that way. I wonder, um, and so you've been on YouTube. Did you say 2009? Was that what you said earlier? Since 2009 was oh, when I, that was when I started my first podcast. I think, um, I think it was 2013. Uh, when I first started getting on YouTube and that was actually with a, a YouTube channel that's still there, um, but it's just changed quite a bit, but it was with my wife. Uh, it, at the time it was called fantastic recipes. And, um, we would basically go find Pinterest recipes, uh, when Pinterest was a little bit bigger at the time and we would test them out to see if they were any good. So they always looked really good in the pictures. So we would find one, we would pick it and then we would uh, just record this little cooking show and, and rate the, the dishes that we put together. And it was actually kind of, kind of a lot of fun. Yeah. My, 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 um, girlfriend loves Pinterest, man. She's always <laughs> recipe shopping and it, I'll, I'll have to tell her about that channel. Um, sure. And so when I first found you, and so again, I found that, I found that the, 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 the channel that has 90 subscribers, I found the, the video podcast, the, the video podcast studio setup, and that's what, that's what brought me to you. And so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, um, 65 videos posted. Um, 90 subscribers hasn't in, hasn't been here a terribly long time because I I, I see that I, I think that 90 is going to I think it's going to to go up substantially over time and um, I thought man he's um his his video quality his audio quality and his comfortability on camera um, it's inspiring because I'm thinking okay if this guy's just started and so you haven't just started you've been around for a while off and on I'm just thinking wow how in the hell did he get this comfortable this quick? And so that obviously took time. How long did it take you to get comfortable on camera? And how did that happen? 
Uh, it's, it's an evolution for sure. I, I, um, I think it helped doing that initial, uh, YouTube show with my wife, obviously, you know, when you're, when you're doing something on camera near someone who you're also comfortable with, it makes it a little bit easier to just kind of relax on camera. Um, from that, I kind of went off and did some of my own solo projects on YouTube. I had a, I think it's still live as well, but I, again, I haven't done anything with it in, in a few years, but it was called lazy and stupid. And the concept was, <laughs> uh, internet tips and tricks for the lazy and stupid. And I actually kind of thinking back, I'm like, man, I, I should have stuck with that a little bit. Cause I kind of liked how that went. I had a website for it and everything. Um, and that one was, was mostly tutorial based. And I think that's when I really started to, uh, get more comfortable on camera. Cause I'm just, you know, just giving tutorials on, on camera. Um, stopped doing that for a while, stopped being on camera for a while and then getting back into the podcast. It was definitely, uh, it, it, it wasn't like riding a bike. Um, I was, I would go in with quite a bit of nerves for probably the first 10 or 20 episodes at least even though I'm just sitting here talking to the camera, I think it was just the, I was introducing the live element to it um, and kind of getting myself into something that was new to me. So it took some time to, to feel comfortable, not only talking on camera, but talking and, you know, answering any live questions that came through and also doing any live producing and camera switching that was going on here. Um, so I, at this point I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. So um, yeah, we're in a good place at this point. It's, um, you know, and so, you know, I actually, and so on my computer, I have, um, I have a, a segment of the very first, um, video I, I ever did. And, and so it never got posted. It was the very first thing I ever did. And, um, it's, in, it's, it's odd. It's incredibly weird to, to sit down and you've, you know, you've got all your beautiful toys set up and it's just, the light's great. And, and, and there's that camera lens and you're looking at it and, you're talking to nobody and it's mm -hmm. a little, it's a little odd. It's a little, it's a little weird. And, and so sitting down with your wife in, in the picture, you're, you're able to feed off of somebody and there's that reactive to each other element that absolutely I think would make it a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. How weird is it sitting down? How weird was it for you sitting down in a room all by yourself, looking into the lens, knowing you weren't talking to anybody at the moment? Yeah, it's it's almost weird because you have this device that's capturing your image, but it's in a way you almost feel as though it's it's judging you. It's sort of you react to it when you speak. If you mess up and you you know you say a line, you just screw something up. You kind of like you feel almost embarrassed, even though you're just talking into an, an inanimate object in front of you. Um, yeah, it just takes some getting used to. You just got to get the reps in. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely weird at first. That, that is an awesome answer. And um, that might make this entire conversation worthwhile for me because I understand what you're saying. I have absolutely, you know, that very first time, and even today, if I sit down in the room by myself looking at the camera lens and talk and I mess up, I'm feeling a little apologetic. Like I need, to, <laughs> I need to make amends to the camera lens. Like someone's watching, and it's funny. You know, I remember yeah. when I when I first started podcasting, I would I would you know I would set the whole thing up and talk the person through it, and, and do what I could to make them comfortable. Because you know, initially when you're and so I do an interview style like I am now, mm -hmm. and um, sometimes you kind of got to talk people into doing it. You know, they're a little nervous. And um, mm -hmm. I remember early on telling a couple of guests, "Hey, you know what?" At this point, 
this is just a phone conversation between a couple of friends. And so it will get edited. Um, so many things will happen prior to it going out. And I will absolutely never do anything to, to embarrass you. I just will yeah. not do that. And um, it's funny. Is, um, it's almost, and so I kind of get this sense now that even though they know no one is listening right now, it's kind of like they are. It's like that camera lens. Even though you're in there all by yourself, um, you're, it's, I, I, think that get, I think that can work to your benefit, though, in that if you feel like you're in front of an audience just with the camera, that might, do you think that would help you engage your audience a little better? Because that's one of the things I find about you is that you, you tend to engage pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think for me, I actually tried to do kind of the opposite. Well, I, I, I mean, I think I've tried to position myself to to where I I feel as though there's it is just me. I think I feel if I can if I can sort of separate myself from the audience, and if you know if someone chimes in and asks a question in the chat or whatever, that's great. Um, but you know, I've uh, I feel like if I can get to a mind space where I feel like it's just me and I'm just kind of hanging out with myself talking stuff that I'm talking about stuff that I'm very comfortable and familiar with. Um, it'll, it gives me the opportunity to just be more of myself. Um, you know, I'm more of an introvert. It's, uh, you know, I, I consider myself, you know, despite what you may see on the podcast, a little socially awkward when I go around groups of people. So for me, it's easier to feel comfortable knowing that, uh, it's just kind of me and I'm talking, talking with myself. I get that. I'm, I'm the same way. And so that was one of the conversations that came up last night in Clubhouse is that um, I, I told everybody, I was like, you know, I'm, um, I'm really an introvert and I'm incredibly private. I've always been that way. And that has been a discovery that I found that um, many creatives and, and, and so artists, musicians, um, performance artists, um, YouTubers, podcasters, um, Again, I don't feel alone or odd because I find out that I'm one of many introverts who is a creative. Um, why do you think it's, it's I, I wonder, and so I guess that's not even a question of, of I, I really wonder why introverts are, are drawn to this sort of thing. Maybe it's to, you know, we're hoping to get out of our shell. Um, what do you think this has done for you personally, um, doing, being in the public eye, being on YouTube, having a podcast, um, being very present as an introvert. For me, I think it's, it's more or less, it's, it's, it's like sustaining. It's, it's sort of keeping me, I, I feel like if I, if I were to stop doing this, if I were just to stop being on camera, if I were to stop creating, um, I would, I, I feel like I would just, you know, turn into a recluse and a hermit and i would just be i, I just feel like it's kind of keeping me keeping me level-headed and it's sort of keeping it, it allows me to i don't know I'm, I'm having a hard time putting this into words but it's just it, it's just sort of sustains me and keeps me able to interact especially right now with the pandemic and everything going on like you know we talk about clubhouse i feel like I, i've i've been loving clubhouse but you know, when I first got on Clubhouse, I was very, very nervous to to raise my hand in a room or to come up on the stage and, and talk. And it surprisingly, it didn't take long to get to where I felt comfortable just, you know, raising my hand or getting up and saying things. But, you know, it, it took some time. Um, and, you know, I personally think that Clubhouse is going to 
um, have, it's going to be helpful kind of re in re-socializing society. You know, we've all been kind of locked up. Our human interaction hasn't been quite as, as consistent as it was, as it has been. I think, you know, like clubhouse and things like Twitter spaces, uh, where people are kind of given the opportunity to talk to people that they otherwise wouldn't be able to talk to, or just talk to anyone in general, you know, when, when things start to open back up and you can have conventions and meet with groups of people. Um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And I feel like it's helped me as well. Do you, do you think your, your channel, your podcast does that, that, that it's a source of, even though, you know, so on, on your podcast, it's, it's just you and, and on your channel, obviously it's just you, but you are addressing. And so you are engaging the audience. When I look at one of your videos, um, I honestly feel like you're talking to me. Um, and have knowing, and, and so knowing that I can go to a channel or to a podcast and be engaged, be addressed, um, be valued in the conversation or the content as I am with yours. Um, how do you feel that impacts people? Do you, do you think that helps them and, and makes them feel social to, to, to a degree? I, I, I hope so. You know, I, I would like to think that that's, that's the feeling it's giving people. I, I would like to feel that, um, you know, I'm inviting enough, uh, and, and friendly enough for people to want to engage. And if they do that, like they're like, they feel like they're part of the conversation. Sure. Do you, do you in any way? Uh, so I watched a video recently and, um, it was, um, and so you had the beanie on and you were like, it was, it's beanie weather. And, um, and so I think, I think in your last video, you had the beanie tonight, you do not have the beanie. Do you, do you feel no. bad for, for not having the beanie tonight? I was kind of expecting the beanie. <laughs> well, I apologize. Uh, no, it's, um, I, you know, I, I have maybe three or four different hats that I wear and really the hat that I wear comes down to the weather. Uh, I'm in Las Vegas and right now it's, uh, it was like a high of 78 today, which brought the house temperature up a nice. few degrees. So a beanie over my ears might've been a little too warm. So I just went with the ball cap. So it's not beanie weather that fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It, it's nicer here too. It's crazy. I, um, and so it is 2021. Um, we are we are recouping from a, a heck of a year. Mm -hmm. And even though you've been and so you've been on YouTube for a while off and on, you've got the podcast, um, you're fairly well entrenched. Um, and so a couple of questions. Um, first question is, is it too late to to start YouTube? Um, if, if, if someone wants to start a channel, whatever it may be, is it too late? I don't think it's ever too late, honestly. I mean, if you look at how YouTube has changed over the years, you know, back in the day, it was funny cat videos and people doing stupid skits. <laughs> and, and now it's, you know, it's very heavily tutorial based, very heavily gaming, uh, you know, gaming content. And it's going to continue to evolve over time and new genres and new niche, niches are going to pop up. Um, and somebody's going to have to create those somebody's you know and, and even if you want to hop into a niche that's that's already out there and already established you know there's always opportunities to do things better than the people who are already doing it um you know i i've i've i haven't stuck with a youtube project long enough to see it through to you know to success per se uh and i think the the reason that the podcast i mean there's a number of reasons 
that the podcast that my podcast hasn't taken off and and i feel like i know what they are and i feel like if i spent more time on them i could get it to where i want it to be but i think one of the big things at least for my podcast is is you know watch time and and i don't think live video is very uh great when it comes to the algorithm um but you know i'm i'm now starting now that i've you know i'm 65 or 66 episodes in whatever it was um, I'm starting to see an uptick in views. I'm starting to see a small uptick and people are starting to engage. And I feel like I'm now getting to the point where YouTube is starting to acknowledge what I'm doing. Um, and, and really, I never really did it to amass a huge following anyway. But I mean, the, the point to all this is just, it just takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of work. Um, but I don't think that there's any reason to, to keep from jumping in if that's what you're interested in. I agree. Uh, you know, in, in one of the things I, I heard early on, and I know to be true, is, you know, with podcasting and obviously with YouTube is that um, it, it's the long game. And so you have yep. to, to get in and, and work and, you know, potentially improve. And, you know, that longevity, that that commitment of time and effort, you know, eventually can and could pay off. It sure. with subscribers, with followers, with interaction. I um, and so when I first started my podcast, I, you know, I went into it knowing, and so I started a podcast and then a YouTube channel. So it was completely ass backwards, and and I knew at the time, you know, that the advice was, hey, start a YouTube channel, get a following there, and then start a podcast. Well, the thing was, is my my channel and my podcast, in a lot of ways, have absolutely nothing to do with one another. Hmm. Um in a way. And, and so, yeah. you know, my, you know, and so I, you know, when I first started, I'd, I'd post a, a podcast, my eight listeners would listen to it. And, and that was it. And, you know, yeah. the thing is, is I feel fortunate. I feel fortunate, first of all, that eight people, whoever they were, spent an hour of their week listening to, to my show. That was amazing. Um, the lucky thing about that was, is only eight people saw me make a, or or heard me make a fool of myself and and you know stayed around to 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 watch me get better and yeah. um, you know what's interesting and i wonder if you've ever heard this i had a lot of i had like four or five people about three or four weeks ago tell me that when they go and listen to my podcast they listen to my first episode and my last episode and so it's one of those it's one of those things that's true and so there's a lot of myths about YouTube and content creation. And um, are there any that that you heard that you thought, eh, that's not probably everybody's, but it was it was your situation. It was your experience. Are there any are there any myths you want to talk about? Oh, man, uh, that's a tough one, too. Um, I don't know. I think there's there's I think there's w without being able to think of any specifics, you know, there's a lot of people I think that, that go out there and, and, you know, they, they maybe have made a couple of YouTube videos. They don't have a lot of subscribers and they go out and try to tell people what they should be doing or how they should be doing on YouTube. And, you know, I see too much of that and I see too many people following that advice. And then inevitably they end up not going anywhere because you're not getting advice from people who know how to do it. And, you know, I've been on YouTube for a number of years, but you could argue that you shouldn't be listening to me when I have a podcast that currently has, you know, 90 subscribers on YouTube. So, but I don't know, I can't think of any, any specific myths or anything. Um, and, and really at the end of the day, 
you know, you people talk about the algorithms and, oh, you know, you should shoot for 10 minute videos and this and that, you know, I I'm, I'm going against the mold personally. And, and again, that's why I mentioned, you know, the podcast probably hasn't grown as much as it has just because, uh, I'm doing these long form, um, live streamed videos that aren't super friendly with the algorithm. But, uh, you know, I think, I think the problem that people get into is they, is they try to, they get away from the content um, that they want to make. And then they end up making content that uh, just conforms to whatever YouTube uh, prefers or whatever they think YouTube prefers. Uh, you know, maybe that's the biggest thing is everyone saying you should make 10 minute videos. You should focus on this. You should focus on that. And, and while I think that's definitely important, I think that your main goal should be, should be making what you want to make and, and, and do it as, as well as you can and then you know see where that gets you and then and then if if it makes sense with what you're doing to to change it up and, and try to conform to you know the the youtube gods then then go for it yeah how do you how do you come up with content how do you how do you come up with you know this is what i'm going to review this is what i'm going to talk about this is what this week's episode of the podcast is going to be about um how do you do that? And so you're 65 episodes in. That's um, yeah. that's a lot of episodes and a lot of topics and a lot of reviews and conversations. How how do you how do you stay how do you stay on track and how do you how do you come up with this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna review this week or I'm gonna talk about? Uh, I kind of laughed when you asked that question because it, it, it depends. It really it's it'll either be, uh, you know, there are some weeks when I'll, I'll jot down and like Google keep or something like that. And I'll, I'll, as the week goes on and I think of things to say, maybe some news comes out about a new product, or maybe I have a particular update or, or some new gear that I just acquired that I can talk about. Um, you know, I'll jot those things down and, and include them in, in the episode. Cause really my podcast more than anything, um, is, is, is a place where I document my progress through the different projects and, and that I'm working on and gear that I'm, that I've acquired and played with, um, you know, with some tutorial stuff kind of spliced in there. Um, but, it, but there are other times too, when it'll be the morning of the podcast and I'm like, Oh shoot, I didn't think of a, a topic for today. What should I do? And, and, and I have a list kind of like a running list of almost like backup topics where, you know, if it's like, ah, I, there really wasn't much going on this week to talk about. I've been thinking about doing a tutorial for a photo recreation. So maybe we'll do that this week. So yeah, it, it varies week to week. I get that. I, um, I, I sometimes I can be lazy, man. And sometimes I'm just like, and I don't want to do anything, and, and, and but I've got to do it anyway. I've scheduled something, and then last minute, you know, I um, I struggle sometimes, man, and it's just, it's that complacency. And so I, I wonder, and so I know a lot of what equipment you have because I, I watch the videos, and, and you've mm -hmm. been very, you know, this is what I use, and this is why I use it, and this is where it is in the studio. Um, What's your what's your favorite piece of equipment? What what if you had to replace everything in your studio except for one item? What item would you keep and why? I know it's kind of, mm. that's, that's a horrible question. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, I think I'll let you keep. Probably, two. I'll let you keep two. Two. Pieces. <laughs> okay. What do you want? All right. So I'm keeping my. I'm keeping this guy. <sighs> This is my Sony a seven three. If I had to get rid of all the other cameras in, in the studio, this would replace them. Um, the reason I don't use this one normally is because 
this, my main camera here is kind of affixed to a, a friction arm with a whole bunch of cables coming out of it. It's just a pain in the butt to get it in and out. But this is kind of like my main workhorse if I'm ever doing any video projects or anything like that. Um, the other would, would be, and I don't know if this counts with your question, but it would be my, my PC, my computer, because it's just, it's, it's, uh, it powers all of this, everything, you know, every time I do a live stream, I've got all my feeds running into the PC, it's recording everything in real time, it's sending the stream out to YouTube, it's doing a lot for me. Um, and uh, I've kind of built it over time. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's my workhorse. Yeah, and there go the dogs again, by the way. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was I'm I was chuckling to myself because I'm like, hey, those are his dogs, not mine. That's uh, <laughs> that to me. Hey, my dogs, they do it to me. I, I get trains going by all kinds. It's just it's annoying. I, um, <laughs> you have the do you have the ATEM mini, the black magic ATEM or ATEM mini? Pro I do. Or you do. And, and the so mini. That yeah. Take, yeah, that takes that takes some of the processing power off the computer, right? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, before I had this, uh, I was just running one or two camera angles into the computer using individual capture cards. And then I would just do my switching through OBS, which is, you know, I have this little device called a stream deck, which is, you know, just like and mine has 15 little buttons on it and you can assign them to different things, including things within OBS. So I would kind of use that in conjunction and be able to switch back and forth to the screen and my camera angles from that. But the, the thing is with capture cards and the Ada mini, like if you, if you want to go the capture card route and you don't want to go with an Ada mini, you need a capture card for each one of your cameras. Cause most, most, you know, mirrorless cameras are not equipped to just be connected directly to your computer. Um, but capture cards by themselves, like even the cheaper ones are around a hundred, 150 bucks. So by the time you get more than two camera angles, you're already spending more than an Ada mini, which is 300 bucks. So, you get the added benefit of being able to plug in up to four devices uh, and you can live switch in between them. You can use green screen, all that kind of stuff. So it definitely, it just, it makes it easier. And, and at a certain point, it's just more financially feasible. Yeah. I, I looked at those today. And, and so I, I've seen them before. Um, I saw it in your studio setup and I thought, you know, I kind of need to check that out and, and kind of, I didn't even, I wasn't, I'm honest, I wasn't even sure exactly what it did. Um, and so when I when I watched your video and I I, we, I commented on it the other day and you responded and, and I appreciate that I think um, I think that that response that give and take between subscriber and and you know whoever has the channel I, I think that is always appreciated. Um, sure. And so in your video you have you when you when you do your intro there's um, your your logo your brand and in, in, in the channel name comes up on the screen. What, what piece of equipment allows that to happen? So that uh, I created that in After Effects, that animation, um, along with the music that's behind it. Um, and then that gets loaded into OBS as a source. And then I, I assign that source to my stream deck so that when I'm ready, I can just press the button on the stream deck and then and uh, there it goes. Same thing with the little uh, subscribe animation that uh, that comes up in the beginning of the, beginning of the show as well. Yeah, that stuff is cool. I um I need I need to to do all of those things and haven't done any. I um I wonder. And so if 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 you're on a budget and you're starting a YouTube channel per se, uh, for instance, um. What camera would you recommend to somebody just starting out? No, no, no understanding of, of how cameras work, anything. What would you, what, 
If, if you had if you had a few hundred dollars, what um, what camera would you choose if you were just starting out and didn't know anything? Few hundred dollars. What? Be specific. What's what's my budget here? Let's let's, let's get a, you, a. Let's say you've got five hundred bucks. Five hundred. Okay. Um, I would probably get uh like um I, i'm not sure what the canon g7x runs for these days but that's a um my wife actually has that one that's a, a pretty decent um little point and shoot style camera that's probably running a few hundred bucks at this point um i would maybe invest in some sort of small assuming that the camera that you get has has a um uh, an input for a microphone or a shotgun microphone of some time, I would pick up like a video micro, like a road video micro or the deity D4 duo mic is pretty cool. Just a little tiny microphone that sits on top of the camera. And then maybe just pick up, you know, I've got a cheap, uh, a small rig, uh, tripod. That's actually, that it's one of my favorites. Just this little feels really well constructed and it's perfect for vlogging. Um, and I would probably go with that. And if you've got any room left in your budget, get yourself a decent video light, just a kind of a light source. If you plan to do any, anything, you know, where you're sitting down and, and uh, just doing some talking head stuff. Um, but that's kind of all you need, really just camera, audio and lighting and you're good to go. Yeah. It, um, I started out pretty bare bones and I've, I've upgraded a little bit. I, um, and so I have the, um, I have the Canon M50. And, okay. um, what, what, do you know what camera I'm using right now? Mm -mm. I'm, I'm using my iPhone. And so the camera, oh, really? yeah, I'm, yeah, so this nice. is my iPhone, um, 11 pro max, my Canon M50 is right there. I don't know if you can see it up there. And so that's the box yep. and the camera's actually on top of the box. And, um, wow. it's funny. I, um, Canon's going to hate, uh, Canon's never going to watch this. So I don't care. I, I don't have enough <laughs> subscribers for Canon to ever see this video. And so the Canon M50, in my in my honest opinion, I have set it up in my in my 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 software here. And um, honestly, you know, I mean, my phone costs more. Than, my phone costs twice what that camera costs. And the, the camera on my phone is better. It it, mm -hmm. it just does does a much better job. And and what's funny is I'm not using Filmic Pro. I'm not using Moment. Um, that's um, that's native camera right there. It um, it's yeah. nothing I special. I was and, actually um, thinking that it's like, no, that doesn't look so bad. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and that's funny is I, um, you hear, you hear that, Hey, you absolutely can, you can start YouTube. You can with, with an iPhone or, or Android, whatever you can, you can do a podcast with a phone, you know, just speaking into the mic and, and you hear that people do it. And, and so I know that you once started a podcast that way. What is the, and, but here's the thing, here's the thing that we both know. And so, over time, I have upgraded, and I, I, I actually have quite a bit of money wrapped up in equipment. And um, not that you can really tell. I'm gonna most of it's gonna come out with the new studio. And so, um, you know, I got an umbrella for my light the other day, mm -hmm. and it's night and day. And oh, that, yeah, right. And so that one that that diffusion, that one thing alone, was proof to me that hey, uh, a little knowledge goes a long ways, and. Um, a little bit of an upgrade is can be very very noticeable and um and so i absolutely get the i i get the sense and the understanding that if i spend nothing and so my very first video i was telling you about was it was my iphone sitting on a cheap tripod um native camera um window open blinds open 
Um, sun beating in, no lighting. Um, I think the ceiling light was on and it looked absolutely atrocious. And so now I'm in a completely dark room and I've got a couple of lights. I've got a, a little, little light back here and I'm still using my phone and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it for what I'm doing. But, um, you know, so absolutely the, the equipment is going to make a difference. And, um, I wonder how drastic of a difference. And so your very first podcast was you're, you're sitting there, you've got your phone in your hand, you're, you're talking into the phone, making the podcast. And, and I know you can remember those days. Um, how different is it from, from then to, you know, now you've got the roadcaster, you've got the sure SM seven B, you know, you're running around a clubhouse. You are just buck wild with your beanie <laughs> doing your thing. How, how night and day is it for you? Uh, well, well, I will say it was definitely simpler back then, you know, when you can just kind of, yeah. again, I think initially it was, it was, I might've actually been using, um, I remember my dad gave me a one because my dad has a, an audio background and he gifted me, a um, uh, like a shotgun or some kind of microphone. I forget what it was, but I think I might've used that into just kind of some really cheap audio recorder. But yeah, I mean, you know, back then you just plug it in, hit record and Hey, we're off to the races. And now you've got so many different pieces, but actually, I mean, that's what I like about all of it. I like the fact that, you know, I can be switching cameras in real time, playing with my audio, putting animations up on the screen and just kind of like keeping track of all this stuff like that, that part of it's fun to me, but yeah, it's like you said, it's definitely night and day for sure. Oh yeah. I get that. I, um, and so that was, you know, the ATEM Mini when, when, when I saw that and um, it kind of rekindled the idea of, you know, I need to go check this out and see what it is. When I saw that you had one in your studio, I thought, well, let me go check it out. And so once you get an idea of what this thing can do, um, it's absolutely fun. You know, and so yeah. I don't have it. Um, I'm going to get one eventually. But um, that's why I do what I do is, is it's just fun. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, let me ask you, um, before we close, if, um, if somebody said, hey, you know, Ryan, I'm going to, um, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to, what, what would, what's the biggest advice you would give them? Um, I would probably give them advice that I would need to listen to myself. And th this is actually something that I'm struggling with um, on my own channel, on my main channel. Uh, and that's just, just don't overthink it. Don't expect uh, what you're doing initially to be perfect because it's not going to be, you know, I would also say, go, go find any of your favorite creators that you watch on YouTube now, and then go sort their videos, but from oldest to newest and watch their old videos. And, you know, PewDiePie, Philip DeFranco, like some of these big guys, you look at their old videos and they're trash. And then you look at where they are now and it's, you know, and that's, and that's part of the reason, like I've, unless I was doing a test of some kind, I've never deleted a video off of my main channel because part of, of why I do it is because, you know, and the same reason I do the podcast is because I want to show the progression and the growth of things. Like I want this studio and the podcast to morph and grow over time. I want to be able to add new, new elements and move things around. Um, so you know, I think too many people who want to jump into YouTube creation and content creation, just they want to go all in. And that's awesome. That's a cool mindset to have. But but I think that just puts you in a in a bad place right up front because you're like, OK, I've got all this stuff and I'm not able to make something that in my mind, you know, that I'm seeing in my mind, I'm a failure or, you know, I'm just going to give up because it's not what I wanted. 
you just got to give yourself a break, you know, give it some thought, make a plan, you know, think about what you want to talk about, um, make an outline for your videos, uh, and then just, just give it a shot and just do it, put it together and put it out there because what you may not think or what you may think is imperfect or not that great. Someone else may just eat up and, and really enjoy. So you, you just never really know. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I, um, you know, and so my first few episodes of my podcast, um, and it completely my fault, my, my guests were great. Um, they sucked and, and they still <laughs> suck and they are still very much present. And, um, you know, at one point I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take them down. And then I thought, you know, that's kind of a coward move. Um, I should absolutely leave them up because I, I really do want people to get a sense, not only of, Hey, somehow, some way he got better. We don't know how, but he got better. But I, you know, I think it's a testament. I think when 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 someone leaves their their early stuff up and says, "Hey, um, these are these are my humble beginnings. This is this is how much it sucked. Um, how ill prepared I was, but I got better." I think it's this testament to, "Hey, you know, if if you want to do it, you can do it. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some commitment. It it is absolutely the long game, but but you can do it and you can get better." Any, any specific advice for somebody starting a podcast? Yeah. I mean, just knowing what I know now, having, you know, done my podcast for a while, having also produced uh, another podcast on the side. Um, if you know, I podcasting in, in the audio only form is only going to get you so far. I think the world podcasts are great. And you know, a lot of people listen to them in their cars. I, I love podcasts, which is part of the reason why I do one. I listen to them all the time on my compute, my commute when, you know, if I'm just kind of hanging around the house. Um, but if your goal is to really make a splash into really grow an audience, I would say first, don't be, too locked into where you want to grow your audience. So for example, this other podcast that I produce, you know, um, the audio, they've got an audio only audience. Um, and so we've got audio only, we've got the main podcast channel, and then we have a clips channel for them. And the clips channel is actually, uh, about four to five times, it has about four to five times more subscribers than the main audio channel, which is kind of expected because the clips that we would put there would be, you know, anywhere from like four to 10 minutes, depending on the clip, which is very favorable to YouTube versus an hour long podcast. Um, but it doesn't really matter if the audience is there versus watching the main podcast channel or watching audio only it's the fact that you have an audience somewhere out there. Um, so yeah, I would say as much as you can diversify where you're putting your, your podcast and, um, and, and try to make the most of it. You can take a half an hour or an hour long podcast and you can clip that out and you can create tons of content for a, a clips only podcast channel. You can post it out to social media and you can engage people all across the board, um, on, on multiple different platforms. I, I really appreciate um, the conversations that you have with people. And I've enjoyed this conversation quite a bit too. Um, one of the things that, uh, I've been wanting to do more of on my podcast is, uh, interviewing people. And I think I've done <laughs> basic, basically one interview in my entire time doing the podcast. It's, it's one of these areas where I'm hesitant to jump into partly because of the live element and the technical issues that, that could come with that. But also again, just, the thought of interviewing and, and holding a conversation with people, which is something I don't necessarily feel that I'm that great at. So 
what advice would you give to me as someone who is interested in bringing guests on and, and wanting to start interviewing people? Oh man, you know, uh, God, that's a great question. It really is. Um, and there's a few things. Um, number one, um, don't think of it as an interview. Think of it as a conversation. And so when you meet a stranger, you, um, you know, you know, pre-pandemic, you, you would walk up and, and you would shake hands. Hi, how are you? There'd be some eye contact. There'd, there'd be some, some polite civil conversation. Um, you'd feel them out eventually. You'd, you'd, you'd maybe, as you built that rapport, you would, you would ask um, deeper questions, more insightful questions. It's funny. I, um, and so it's a gratuitous plug. I have a couple of books here that uh, oh, wow. right and so these i didn't write these i'm, I'm come on um, so <laughs> I, I know i have a couple of books here and, and and so these are authors these are authors that are going to be on my show and so one person's publicist reached out and said hey we would love to have our our person on your our author on your show um the other one was 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 somebody that i found and um so the thing is be willing to do your research and um and so I'm going to read the books. I bought the books. I bought one book. The publisher sent me the other book. I am going to spend time reading the books and getting at the book with a highlighter. And because the thing is, is I want to, I want to have some insight into who they are as an author. I don't want to just, um, you know, read a web, web page or, or read an Instagram or, oh, oh, you've got a book. But I don't know anything about the book. I've not read the book. I don't, you know, I haven't read the back cover of nothing. I don't even know what yeah. the picture on the on the cover looks like. I don't want to have that conversation. I've done that, and that's a mistake. I will promise you. Um, number one, it's not an interview; it's a conversation. Number two, um, do your research, whether it's an author, whether it's an artist, whether and I'm just my experience. And so I talk to creatives, I talk to to YouTube content creators, I talk to podcasters, I talk to you know painters, videographers, photographers. Um, know what you're talking about. And I don't know anything about any of those things. I, now I am a former artist and so I painted and I know a little bit about that. I don't know anything about anything else, but, um, and I don't wing it. I go and I research and I research the individual. I, I look at their social media. What's happened here today is you have sat down with me. I, I reached out and I said, hey, I love your channel. I love what you do. Um, I would love to sit down with you and this is who I am and this is what I do. And, and you graciously said yes. And so, the thing that you gave me was your time. And um, that's the one thing I can't give back. I, I have to absolutely be respectful of that. And so to be respectful of that, um, I absolutely, if I'm not already a subscriber, I should probably subscribe. I should probably go and watch several of your videos. Um, if you're a musician, I should actually listen to your music. If you're an author, I should read your book. Um, the thing is, is when I engage in, in these ways and I'm prepared and I've done that research, you know that I value your time. And that is, I think that as, as a podcaster, as an interviewer, as a conversationalist, I think, um, you know, those things are incredibly important. Be conscious of your guest time. Ryan, I appreciate you being here today so much. Um, I appreciate your dogs being here. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to subscribe to, to subscribe. I can't speak today to subscribe, even though um, it's no longer beanie weather. It's still Ryan weather. Um, <laughs> appreciate it. I, I appreciate you, sir. You have a, you have a wonderful day. Robert, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here and it was great talking to you. And uh, maybe someday in the near future, we'll have to get you on my podcast as my, uh, as uh, one of my first official interviews on the show. 
That would be awesome. I am, and I will tell you, I am a terrible interview. I'm getting better at it. Um, uh, I, I, I promise to not do nearly as well as you did today, sir. Thank you. (laughs) 